Bom dia, boa tarde. Welcome to another short news flash podcast from PortugueseSoccer.com. My name is John Neves. Busy, busy week. Three managers gone. One announced he was leaving at the end of the season. We, of course, saw Porto strengthen their hold on first place. Benfica going into disarray. Sporting continuing to excel with Ruben Amarim. We saw Rio Ave with Carlos Curvial jump into fifth place with Europa Hopes. Very much possibility. And, of course, we're seeing a very interesting race with uh, at the bottom of the standings. Ave's, of course, getting relegated. But Portimonense keeping it interesting, making a run to get out and into the safety zone. So we got a lot of good storylines happening in Portugal and a lot to unpack in this latest episode being recorded on the evening of Thursday, July the 2nd. First off, obviously, Bruno Lage, Custodio over at Braga, and Velasquez over at Setúbal are all managers that are gone. Vitor Oliveira, Gil uh, Vicente announced that he'll be leaving at the end of the season, so that was big news among manager. But obviously the big story, of course, is Benfica. They went to the Madeira. Everybody knew it was going to be a tough match, even though Maritim was fighting against relegation. It is never easy to go to Madeira to try to walk away with three points, and that, in fact, is what happened. Benfica, on the losing end, they have a 2-0 result. And, of course, Bruno Lage is no longer the manager, and what a lot of people thought was coming did, in fact, happen. And when people think about Bruno Lage in Benfica history, there's two stories to tell. His first eight months was about as perfect of a manager run as you could have right up until when they demolished Sporting in the Super Cup in Algarve, uh, beating them as bad as they did down there to win that cup. And then afterwards, although there was a few good moments, things really did not work out well really well for Bruno Lies. Something happened that made this team go in a different direction. You will never know until later. Maybe Bruno Lage writes a book, or maybe one of the players writes a book, and they kind of give us some insight. But it was never the same for Bruno Lage. Um, I think the players let him down too. The players didn't have their salary cut because of the pandemic like other teams. I remember reading that the reason why Benfica did is they wanted to keep their players motivated and focused on the title run. And obviously that did not work out because Benfica hasn't even been one of the five, six, seven best teams in the Liga Nosh since play has resumed. And if I recall correctly right now, they've had the worst defense since the Liga resumed. So things have not been going very well. Luis Felipe Vieira, a very critical time in his presidency during the election year. He has hired Verissimo to become the interim manager. But obviously he has some big decision to make on terms of who he's going to hire as the permanent manager. Verissimo, for all we know, could win these last five matches and possibly keep Benfica in the title run, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen. A lot of times when a manager change is made, usually that first change back, the players react with a good result. But the way this team has been playing, um, it's hard to think that they're going to be able to win the last five matches. But hey, a lot of people didn't think that the players would have turned around after Rui Vitoria left and Bruno Lage came. So you don't know. I'm not going to say here like I know what's exactly is going to happen. Um, but there's a lot of work to do with Benfica. And, of course, they still have the Tasa of the Portugal to play. Um, but a lot of decisions. Uh, Pochettino, we all knew, was a long shot. And that's, in fact, what happened. He declined. Unai Emery, 
I had read and some people had told me that, uh, you know, through social media that he had also declined. But as of this evening, Scapas, one of the newspapers still had him being leaked, uh, linked with Benfica. Um, another name that could possibly come up because now he's available is Paulo Souza. By the way, prediction, the next few days, one of the Capas is going to have Paulo Souza on the cover as a big candidate for the Benfica job. You watch. You heard it here first. That's just the way that media works when they're trying to sell newspaper covers. Um, but again, a very important decision. This is going to be a very strange summer for everybody. But Portuguese clubs are not going to be able to sell players like they have in the past years because of the pandemic. Teams aren't going to be spending a lot of money. I don't think you're going to see anybody in Portugal sold this summer for 40 or 50 million. I know there was a possibility before the pandemic that Ruben Diaz might have been sold for 40, 50, 60 million. There were some big teams looking at him, but I don't know anymore, especially with the way the Benfica's defense has been very shaky. Um, you know, whether or not his market value has gone down because of what's been happening uh, with the team. But the economy of football, soccer, whatever word you use in your part of the world, is very down now in this sport. So I'm not sure if you're going to see big sales. You're going to see a lot of players loaned. You're going to see players loaned with an option uh, to buy. Um, but this is going to be a shorter summer in terms of the transfer market that we usually have. Um, you know, teams finish playing end of July. Looks like the season is going to start late September. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's going to be a quick turnaround. So we're going to see really uh, what happens. But, Benfica needs to make the right decision because if things stay the way they are and they finish second, they've got to qualify for the Champions League groups, which is so important to Porto and Benfica because whoever wins the Liga automatically has over 40 million euros directly deposited to the bank account going straight to the group stage. Whoever doesn't has got to play these preliminaries starting with the third preliminary round. And it is so dangerous this year. Because in September, because of the congestion of the schedule, you're not going to see two legs. You're only going to see one. You have a bad match, you're done. You're going straight to the Europa League, and that's very dangerous. To lose 40 million euro opportunity is just so big right now in this economy. So there's a lot of pressure on Benfica to hire the right manager, to press all the right buttons to try to get Benfica right back into the swing of things. Um, and obviously that starts with hiring the manager that's going to lead your team on uh, next season. So some very important choices to come up. Um, Porto is, of course, in pole position to win the Liga. Six-point advantage. They also own the tiebreaker head-to-head. And obviously, if you know already, it's been documented, their problems financially, all that money from the Champions League, if they win the Liga, will be a welcome sigh of relief to help their accounting books. Uh, but right now, everything is going the right way for Porto. Uh, both Conceição and Pinto de Costa have warned the players and the fans, let's not get ahead of ourselves, they say. There's still matches to be played and they want to keep the excitement down because there are still matches to be played and nothing has been won. So Porto trying to keep their players focused to try to make it uh, the rest of the way. And Sporting, what can you say about Sporting? Here's a question I want to ask. Is Sporting the favorite to win the league next season? I'll give you you know a few seconds to laugh, but think about this. Benfica's in disarray. You don't know who their manager is. You don't know the players that are going to be leaving and coming back. Porto, even though they are on the verge, if they continue to get this Champions League money, they're still going to have to still sell some players. 
Um, so you might see two different teams coming in next year with those two. Sporting, 16 of a possible 18 points since Amrin became manager. They have earned. They have clearly been the best team since Liga resumed. Now, they're going to be tested. They still got to play at Porto. They still got to play Benfica. So they're going to be tested. But remember, Ruben Amrin was at Braga, and he beat Porto for the League Cup. And he's already played these big teams, so it's not like he hasn't done it before. But they are going to be tested. But they're signing their younger players. They're giving their younger players experience so that when they go on vacation after the season, these kids are going to come back. They're already going to know what it tastes like to play in the Liga Nage. And with the fact that they're playing so well and they're getting so many points, and check this out. If somebody had told you at the beginning of this, when we resumed the season, that people would be talking about sporting catching Benfica, you would have probably laughed again. But believe it or not, people are asking that question. They asked that of Ruben Amorim, that even though they're nine points behind, is there a chance? And, of course, Ruben Amorim did not touch the topic. He didn't really go into details on it, trying to keep his players focused. But everybody's talking about that. Benfica has not been playing well. Sporting's in cruise control. And these two teams play in the final weekend of the season. So as a result, you've got a very, I'd say it's a, it's, well, let me put it this way, it's a long shot. Um, I don't see Benfica losing to Boavista this weekend again. Usually the first match with a new, new manager becomes very positive. But I'll tell you what, if somehow something keeps going the way it is with Benfica and Sporting continue to win, wow. But my prediction is I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe they get as close as four or five points. But the fact that people are talking about it, I think, really says a lot about what's going on in the uh, Liga Nauge, and it says a lot about what Ruben Amorim is doing. The $10 million that Sporting paid for him is looking like a bargain every single match. And Verandas, you know, you talk about Bruno Lage, the way he was the first half of his tenure as manager, and then what happened in the second half of his manager where things kind of fell apart. Look at Verandas. Three, four months ago, Sporting fans wanted him out. But lately, you don't hear that so much. There's, you know, it's amazing when you win, how that solves a lot of problems. And especially in football, soccer, whatever word you use in your part of the world, when you have that success mixed with young players, it really quiets a lot of people. It starts getting people excited. And trust me when I say that if sporting maintain their momentum, you know, they have an opportunity next season to possibly battle for the Liga title. Uh, Vitor Oliveira of Gil Vicente, who announced that he's going to be leaving Gil Vicente at the end of the season, he said in his Antivizong, the preview before the sporting match this week, that he didn't think with the players that sporting has that they could compete for a championship. And I think he was wrong. I think that when you have momentum, when you have players that are excited, when you have the manager like you do with Ruben Amorim, When's the last time you saw a manager with this much success? I think it's possible. Um, so again, just trying to say that there's a lot of excitement in sporting land, and we'll see what happens. Uh, but right now, you have to feel very good about their chances, and let's see what happens in the future. Uh, moving along, Taça de Portugal, you of course know, is set for August the 1st. I found it interesting that they're playing this in Coimbra. Of course, as we know, no fans are allowed in any matches. Um, so I was a bit surprised that they would play this in Coimbra. But then I realized, oh, of course, you're talking about Porto Benfica, who whenever they play, 
everything is debated even down to the best parking spot for the buses. Um, I'm guessing that the reason why they moved this to Coimbra, maybe it's kind of like in the middle between Porto and Lisboa. But I'm kind of taking a guess that maybe Porto didn't want to do all the traveling to Lisbon and you know, Benfica just has a short bus ride. But I guess what I'm saying is is I'm, I'm just surprised that they're playing it in Coimbra. I think they should have played it in Cidade Football. Neutral site, it's the Federation's end-of-the-year event, of course, the Cup Final. Uh, but I was a bit surprised that they're playing that in Coimbra. Of course, a stadium, as we know, that doesn't get a lot of use. Uh, one of those 2004 stadiums uh, built for the championship that isn't getting a lot of use. But it is nevertheless going to Coimbra. And we are going to have the Tasa de Portugal. Now, what we're not going to have, because it's been suspended, of course, is the Super Cup, which is also Porto and Benfica. Um, and apparently it's been suspended. Now, I think that they're still going to bring it back later this year because you're talking again, it's Porto Benfica. And if it's Porto Benfica, it means it's a good TV match, which means there's money to be made. So I wouldn't be surprised if they bring back this competition later in the year, especially... If the League Cup competition, which we don't know yet what's going to happen next year, if it doesn't come back, that means there's going to be more match days free to play this during the week or on one of the free weekends. Um, so I think that they still might play this now. I love the reason why they decided not to do this in September. And a round of applause to the Federation and for the Portuguese teams finally thinking about what's in the best interest of Portugal and not in each and of themselves. Um, the second place team, either Porto or Benfica, has to play the Champions League preliminaries in, in September. And the idea was, since they had to worry about that, playing those matches, um, uh, or like I said right now, at least a match because it's only going to be one leg, they want to let whoever that team is concentrate and worry about that without having to play another match. And I just think that, you know, finally... We have Portuguese teams thinking about what's in the best interest of Portuguese football soccer. And I think it starts with the fact that they made this decision so that whoever has to play the preliminaries at that time can worry about that. I have told you that one of the reasons why I think in the past years we have lost a lot of momentum in Europe is because the third-party system, we just don't have the same quality players that we did seven, eight years ago. But... We're starting to challenge that now by allowing the teams to have more time to rest and more focus for European competition. And I think tremendous job to start focusing on this right now. And again, I think later on in the year they're going to play this match, especially if there is no League Cup competition. But the fact that we're not doing this in September so they can worry about other things, I think is a credit to the hopefully the newfound thinking that will continue uh, moving uh, forward. So that's it the Portugal. August the 1st, 10th, the season in Coimbra. And then, of course, the Super Cup suspended. But I still hold out hope that they'll be able to play that uh, later on this year. Um, one end this podcast, talking about Bruno Fernandes. Um, you know, he is turning into a national international superstar. Uh, all the Manchester United fans I know are, are just re-energized. Uh, they're doing very well, trying to get back into the Champions League uh, spots. Uh, I mean, everything is starting to go right for them. Um, I know Manchester United, the owners, Woodward, didn't want to spend as much money as they did. They haggled over the bonuses. Credit to Verandas for sticking to his guns. They're going to get more money uh, from bonuses if they do manage to qualify very high for the Champions League. 
And Bruno is becoming a major star, which, by the way, we already knew in Portugal, especially if you were a sporting fan. And this bodes well, bodes well for the Celeson. You've got Cristiano Ronaldo. you got Bernardo Silva. you got got, uh, you know, Rui Patricio Wolves, one of the best defensive teams in the EPL. Um, you know, you look at all the players, uh, you know, that play for Portugal. And now you got another big-time player, you know, uh, Bruno Fernandes. Um, you know, there's no doubt next summer when they go to Euro 20. 20, which of course will be played next summer 2021, that Portugal is going to be one of those matches that everyone's going to want to see. So this is tremendous for Portuguese football, Portuguese soccer. This is tremendous uh, for the federation to make more money, which eventually gets trickled down to a lot of the clubs in Portugal. And I just think that what Bruno Fernandes is doing right now is very exciting. Uh, one of the biggest club teams in the world, one of the richest sports team in the world right now is being rejuvenated by a Portuguese player. And I think that's, uh, you know, some tremendous, tremendous news. And I just think he needs to be acknowledged. And I think this is a very exciting time, um, you know, in Portugal. And, um, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, we've got, of course, uh, well, hey, Porto and Benfica are playing this weekend. How about that? You know, they have been playing pretty much during the week. Uh, but this weekend, uh, both of them uh, will be playing uh, Benfica will be playing Boavista, Porto will be playing Belenenses Sad. Um, so we kind of have that almost normal weekend of having these teams play during the weekend. And again, five rounds, five weeks done, five to go. Things have been going very well in Portugal. The Champions League is on track to be played in Lisbon in August. Uh, we know the, the UEFA Nations League competition is coming back in the fall. Uh, talk of the Segunda Liga, second division starting in August. Talk of the Liga Noz resuming at the end of September. And, you know, things in Europe in terms of the coronavirus overall have been going well. Uh, Portugal opened up these borders with Spain, obviously other parts of Europe as well. So a lot of positive things going on in Portugal right now. And again, it's just exciting um, after everything that's been happening these last few months. Any news is really good news. And right now we have a very exciting Liga, probably not for uh, Benfica fans, but certainly a lot of positive storylines. Um, and we'll see what happens. And folks, I'm going to end this by saying, not making a statement, please wear your masks, stay safe with your families. And uh, again, help out those that need help during this time, especially the older people who might not be able to get around as easily as they could. A lot of scared people these days. And of course, also take care of yourself and enjoy the Liga Nage and enjoy our Portuguese players playing abroad. Ciao, everybody.